see it, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Friday. How are you, my friend? Man, I am I'm doing great. Doing great. Love, love the title of the show uh, for this evening. You know, I, I'm trying to get some more SEO-friendly keywords into our titles, right? Realizing possibilities fast, right? I don't know that actually the uh, exclamation point even helps, though, does it? That's how much I know about SEO, right? I'm thinking if I if I add the word fast and an exclamation point, that helps. Probably doesn't, but it looks good to me. You know, it's more like clickbait, I guess, than SEO, right? People are going to see that and be like, "How can I realize possibilities fast?" Well, this is a fun, fun topic that we've got tonight. We're going to talk about a fella who has really been making amazing things happen in his life. I, I saw one story about him, and I just got fascinated by the things that he is doing. He's doing, what's it called? It's called the M2M Challenge. I'm trying to remember what does M2M, Month to Master Challenge. Okay, this guy, Max Deutsch, spent the past year learning how to do things in a month. Okay, he basically has taken on some really big, I mean, I look at some of those and I go, I can't believe he learned to do that in a month. And then some of them I look at and I go, well, maybe he could do that in a month, but I'm not sure that just anybody could do that in a month. But we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that question in just a moment. The point is, I want to offer up Max Deutsch as an example of who we can all be in this day and age, Okay. We, we, we talk about living in an age of acceleration, but we think about that having to do with technology. And, you know, we were just talking on Wednesday's show, and, and we've been talking so frequently about the adjacent possible. But the, the, the truth, And the truth is we are closer to more possibilities than we've ever been before. And every day we're closer to more possibilities than we ever were before. But if we can't recognize them and act on them as they occur, it really doesn't help all that much, right? That, that new pop possibilities are popping up all the time because we just we don't operate at a pace that would enable us to, to do much with them, right? It, almost to the point where there, there's, there's this point at which possibilities are just pretty much going to waste <laughs> because we're not, a, we're not adapted to the kind of time frame it would take to leverage those possibilities. And how do you fill that gap? What, what can you possibly do about that? Because technology is moving faster. Moore's law, things, you know, chips are getting more powerful. Things are moving faster over data pipes. But we're still just humans, right? We, right. There's, there's no Moore's law making us more powerful, making us faster. Or is there? Okay, so I want to I suggest that Max Deutsch is perhaps showing us a different way to look at learning and a different way to look at taking on skills and that it might just be something that we're going to have to, we're, we're all going to have to take on month to master challenges perhaps in the, in the not too distant future. Or am I just being crazy? Let's, let's explore. Okay, so 
looking through the list here, Stephen, here's what he did. November of last year, memorize the order of a deck of cards in less than two minutes. December, draw a realistic self-portrait. January, solve a Rubik's Cube in under 20 seconds. February, Which is land really a good, standing backflip. March, play a five-minute improvisational blues guitar solo. I, okay, that one I feel like anyone could do at any time, right? <laughs> Depends on whether they – if it's any good. I mean yeah. – <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't say it's good, right? I mean, anyone can. Okay, we'll come back to that. Hold a 30-minute conversation in Hebrew on the future of tech. Now, there's a lot of folks in Israel who can already do that, right? So, I mean, it's like, well, how, how, how hard of one was that one? May, build a self-driving car. June, develop perfect pitch. And how he tested that, identify 20 random musical notes in a row. July, finish the Saturday New York Times crossword puzzle in one sitting. Amazing. August, complete one continuous set of 40 pull-ups. September, continuously freestyle rap for 30 minutes again, for th- excuse me, three minutes. Again, anyone can do that, I think, right? And then in October, he set out to defeat the world champion Magnus Carlsen at a game of chess with essentially no background in chess. So we'll talk about how he did on each of this. Any of these stick out, Stephen, uh, as... Uh, let me put it this way, Stephen. If somebody gave you this list and said, this is going to be your list of things to do, and you have to accomplish each of these in 30 days over the next 12 months, which would you feel best about, and which would you say, I don't think I can, I, I just absolutely don't think I can do it? I think uh, the Rubik's Cube thing, I already know how to solve a Rubik's Cube. My average time is under a minute, but not anywhere close to 20 seconds. And uh, my, my But yeah, you're son, geared up for that, right? You've already yeah, learned a lot I, about I've, I've that. I've got yeah. some background there, so I... Yeah. It, it, you give me a month of just concentrating on that, I probably could get it down to pretty darn, pretty darn close to that. Uh, my youngest son, uh, Andrew, can do it in about 35, 40 seconds. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, his, his, his best time, I think, is something like – it's in the 30-second range. So, yeah, I, I, I think I have a, probably the best shot at that one. You know, I, I, you know, this memorize the order of a deck of cards in less than two minutes, I probably could do that. Draw a realistic self-portrait. I've never had much aptitude for art, and uh, that's so. I don't know about that. Uh, uh, the, the one that would be the hardest is land a standing backflip. Hmm. <laughs> I'd have to get in significantly better shape for starters, and I'd need more than a month to do that. There, there comes a point at which maybe that's a, a dream for a younger person. <laughs> yeah, some Perhaps. of these other things. If I had uh, some instruction, I probably could do the the blues guitar solo. And and maybe the wrapping again. I would I would want to have some instruction and somebody knew what they were doing, showing showing me how I might I might be able to do that. Now Hebrew speaking in Hebrew about something that's more than just uh, you know where's the library and uh, I need a drink of water. You know <laughs> the, the the simplest things that they tend to teach you in uh, in language class. Oh, uh, I might I might need more than a month for that sort of yeah. thing, right? Yeah, and I, I don't mean, even know where to get started on building a self-driving car. Come on, I mean that's uh, that's you know some serious tech there. This guy is a talent in a lot of areas, and uh, he may have shown some aptitude, maybe not for these specific things before this twelve-month challenge, but he had to know that you know he 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 was a gifted individual. I think. Uh, well, I think uh, I, I think it helps that that yeah. he played to his strengths in putting the list together. Right. So, so the, yeah. there's, there's, there's no question that that's what he did. And if I was going to come up with a list, it would not be this list. 
and I would I would hesitate on some of the very things you're hesitant. Backflip, it's like, come on. Um, also, 40 pull-ups. Okay, spoiler, he could do 18 when he started. All right, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still impressive to go from 18 to 40 pull-ups. But you know what? It's impressive to go from where almost anybody is to 18 pull-ups. Okay, so I mean, that's it's yeah, like. Well, <laughs> he is he was way ahead of the game and I haven't I haven't read the full details on the Saturday New York Times crossword puzzle in one sitting but I got to tell you that is one of the most impressive ones on there. Have you ever tried to do the New York Times crossword puzzle? I mean, forget about one sitting, one lifetime. I'm like that thing yeah. is intense, okay? And just <laughs> just just to sit down and and work through that uh, is incredible. You know, if if well, let's let's go to the story. Did he actually do it? <laughs> let's see. How I mastered the Saturday New York Times crossword puzzle in 31 days. Yes, he did. So he actually he actually could do it. There's got to be a lot of like insider tricks, probably like uh, solving Rubik's cube, right? A lot of insider yeah, tricks yeah, exactly. to doing the <laughs> to doing yeah. the New York Times crossword puzzle. But again, I think well, there he, there are people that get really good at things like that. And right. Uh, and, and he and he no doubt consulted. <laughs> he probably used a lot of YouTube videos. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he, he no doubt uh, for all of these things. And, I, I uh, bet that I bet that that factored into it. And then and then that that goes to some of the questions we'll be we'll be addressing about this in in just a, in just a minute, which is whether we're in a better situation for trying to take on these kinds of challenges today than than we used to be. But I wanted to, there was one other I wanted to comment on because I just think it's so outrageous. Oh, it's the, it's the first one. I think the first one has a lot to do with a lot of them. Memorize the order of a deck of cards in less than two minutes. If yeah. you can do amazing memory tricks, you can do a lot of things, right? Right. If, if you've trained your memory to perform, then I'm thinking learning how to do almost anything, solving Rubik's Cube, uh, playing blues guitar, speaking Hebrew, doing a crossword puzzle, almost anything becomes easier because you've already got that memory thing going. So that's that one It feels like is a real kind of a foundational skill, kind of a, a real foundational thing that he did there to but make it possible there, for him to do some of these other things. And one of the memory tricks that I learned that was so helpful to me back in law school was uh, the memory palace. Have you, ever heard, have you ever heard of that, Phil? You know, yeah, we've talked about this on the show, actually. Uh, yeah, within... That's right. Yeah, it's probably been, yeah. probably been a few years since I mentioned it. But uh, it's, uh, it's the concept of basically having in your mind a palace that you're building when you add concepts to something. So we humans are really good at spatial orientation. We right. That's something that our brains can understand. Uh, you know the the layout of a of a building or a house or something, and if you you put concepts, you know you're in in a fictional building that you're building in your mind. If you if you uh, lay down concepts that are related to one another, and have doorways to one another, uh, in 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 what is called a, me- a memory palace, then it makes it a whole lot easier to understand and relate concepts to one another and be able to call up things that are related to one another. Uh, and, and think by analogy. It's just a really helpful technique. And I used it throughout law school, and, uh, and, and I really, to this day, I guess it's one of the, uh, the concept of adjacent possible. Is so, uh, it speaks to me because it's, it really is the memory palace thing. It's a, it's a, you know, a room uh, next to another room 
That, yeah, uh, our, uh, our brains, as you say, are wired for and respond to mapping things in physical locations. So if you can take right. concepts, take ideas or take bits of information and draw them that like way it. in your brain, right? You have a, you have a new right. kind of access to them that you didn't have before. I suspect he was using some tricks like that. It's not cheating. Use these things. Basically, uh, you're hacking a Stone Age brain to do Space Age things, and that's one of the ways you can do it. It's a gateway skill. Yeah, I think it is, and it, it figures huge into his strategy around defeating the world champion Magnus Carlsen in a game of chess. And I'm just going to tell you right now, spoilers for the rest of the show, because we're going to talk about how that game came out. And if you haven't watched the video yet, there's a link to the video right here in the show notes. Watch the video and then come back and listen to the rest of the show, because I think that, that story unfolds so wonderfully. But, okay, you've been warned. Okay, he doesn't win the game of chess, but his approach was so interesting to me. He had this algorithm that was spitting out just a series of moves, right? It was just identifying this is a good move to make, this is a good move to make, this is a good move to make. And his plan was, I'm just going to memorize that list wholesale and, <laughs> and use those moves, right? I mean, that was his, he was, it, it's almost as close as a human being can come to kind of the brute force chess solution, right? I mean, right. which is, which is how, how computer programs used to, used to play chess. The thing is, he never got it completed. He ran out of time, and his algorithm hadn't spit out all the answers by the time he went into play the, the chess master, went into play Magnus Carlsen. So, you know, the chess master beats him pretty handily. But I'm hoping they have a rematch. This video reminds me a lot of Rocky, right? It's kind of like the original Rocky. The ultimate underdog. whatsoever, and then the fact that he went the distance, right? Yeah. Um, well, and in fact, he says, yeah, I guess my first five moves were okay, but after that, and the other guys, no, it's probably about your first ten were pretty good, and, and then you fell apart. But, uh, yeah. you know, I don't think I could make ten good chess moves against the world chess champion. I, I, I would wow. probably give it away on the first couple of moves that I had no idea what I was doing. But again, he was, he was using his memory. I hope he tries that again. I hope he actually gets the program yeah. to run and gives that a shot at some point, because I'd be very interested to, to see how that comes out. I have a feeling he'll still lose. But he he might he might get a lot farther against the. It, 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 it might be an interesting loss as this first one was. It was uh, so, yeah. yeah, I think it, he's it, onto something though, Phil. This business of attempting to master something in a short period of time. When yeah. I've tried that in my own life, I've had some very interesting results. I, I remember back in college, I, I was trying to clip out of trigonometry. Basically, you know, I never had any exposure really to trigonometry other than just real basic stuff, the Pythagorean theorem, that kind of thing that you get in algebra and stuff like that. So I had very little concept of even what it was. And basically, I was going to take the CLEP test in one week. And I went and grabbed a, a textbook and shot through it inside of a couple of days. It was, I didn't right. even give myself the full week. And there's something about hitting something hard like that in, in, a, in an intense burst that gives you the big picture in a way that you may not get if you're just plodding through it over the course of a semester, let's say. Right. Um, you, you get lost. You, you, don't, you don't ever see the forest for the trees sometimes with the slow plodding. Now, I mean, you, the, the, the problem, I, I guess, uh, with you know, hitting it intensely like I did is that sometimes you miss the trees for the forest, right? Right, right. Um, 
but it worked. I was able to pass the CLEP test, and, and you know, I, and there've been other instances like that. Uh, medical terminology. I had to quickly, uh, basically, learn the entire text uh, for a series of exams I was having, and it just kind of it snuck up on me because of other projects. And I mean, I, I had to slam it in basically my head inside of a week and a half, a textbook full of stuff. And again, I, it was okay because it, it seemed to work out. It's it's an interesting way to do things. And I yeah, so there's something there. Have you seen the I movie? You, I'm sure you've seen Catch Me If You Can. With Yeah, uh, that guy did similar things. And he was, of course, a complete con man. But he could hold well, he, he's, a, he's a total con man. He's, you know, kiting yeah. bad checks. He's working as an airline pilot, and he's not even graduated from But he could school. hold he gets, himself out in, in, in ways that people that were believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets he, himself on the board of, you know, he, he becomes a practicing physician, right, in charge of a whole <laughs> bunch of younger physicians and just all these incredible things, and then decides he wants to become a lawyer. And the one thing that the FBI agent, Tom Hanks, plays could never figure out in his whole career was like, how did you pass the Louisiana State Bar? That's the one thing you did that I don't understand how you did it because he, you know, he knows how he's, how he's pulled off all these other stunts. And he says, well, finally, I just, I got a couple of books and I got a study guide and I sat down and I just read all weekend. And then I took the test, right? The guy had not even finished high school, much less gone to college, much less gone to law school. And Past the Louisiana bar, right? Just by just by cramming over over one weekend. I'm sorry, maybe that one hits too close to home for you, Stephen. I don't know. If no, no. I mean, and it's interesting in that what I what I did when I uh, I went to a school out of state, and so mm-hmm. when I came to pass the Louisiana bar, it's the same bar, by the way. The coursework that I had was not really on point with Louisiana law, and Louisiana law is basically put it this way: 40, there's 49 states that do it one way, and Louisiana does it a different way. Okay. Right. So it's right. Just, it's, it's the French uh, influence. You know, yeah. It's that French influence. That's exactly yeah. right. So, and so, yeah. When it came time to uh, study and pass the Louisiana bar, I had to do something similar. Uh, but I, you know, I didn't. I didn't do it in a weekend. Um, uh, it, Plus, you had been to law school. I think. Yeah, it's and got I had to help to somewhat. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, in, in some ways, I had to unlearn some stuff to, to learn it the Louisiana way, but I, I, I crammed it in in about a month. Probably the most intense mental thing I've done in my life. So let's talk about let's talk about what's what's at work here with Max Deutsch, okay? Obviously, he's got a good memory, as we've said. He is playing yeah. to his strengths. He's picking out things. You know, he can do eighteen pull-ups now. He's going to do forty. He says he he's always liked art, so he teaches himself to draw. You know, it's not like somebody who could never hold a pen who teaches right. himself how to draw. I, I don't. I haven't read the one about Hebrew, but I bet maybe he had a little grounding in Hebrew. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a little bit of background, a, a bit of a head start in several of these. So play to your strengths for sure, but also take on challenging, challenging things. You know, my first question is: Is this guy just exceptionally good at learning how to do things? I think he is. Right. Yeah. I think that that that's one of the reasons. Well, this works. The, I think the longer he pushes himself in this way, the better he gets at that. I mean, it's, exactly. Uh, yeah. Like anything else, you get you get good at what you do a lot of, and so, I, you know, if he were to stop and just live a normal life now, he'd probably look back on this year and go, "That was an amazing year." Right. But I sus- I suspect he won't. I suspect that he'll continue to do stuff like this. And he's going to stand out from the crowd in in whatever he chooses to do. He's going to have an interesting career ahead of him. I think so. I think he's got he's got he's got some interesting experiences ahead of him. Well, we talked about whether other right. people would be able to replicate his results. And I think that we would be able to replicate them better if we got to pick our own list. 
that it's harder to do his list than it would be to do, say, Stephen, if you came up with your list or if I, or if I came up with my list. Yeah. But here's a related question. I think this is important. Would people in other eras have been able to do these different things he's trying to do? Or would they be able to take on these kinds of skills as rapidly as he took them on? And what do you think, Stephen? Salman Khan, you know who he is. He's uh, the Khan Academy guy. Yep, yep. He has, he has kind of a funny quote. Um, he said, if Sir Isaac Newton had had YouTube in order to explain calculus, I wouldn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that's true. That, well, you know, we were talking on Wednesday about how everything that was learned by humanity was learned by trial and error for millennia. Right. And then right. we got good at writing things down, and that was tremendously helpful. It helped us to carry knowledge forward. Well, I think we hit another similar leap forward with YouTube, just in terms yeah. of people transferring skills. Yeah, you, it's, one thing to, it's one thing to write down how to do something. It's a whole other thing to just show it, right? To show somebody yeah. how to do a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, mentioning the Ruby's Cube thing, I tried to learn how to solve a Ruby's Cube with a book for years. Right. I never could. It was YouTube that taught me how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Just reading the notation in a book, oh my gosh, I, it was not working. So, And there's a million things like that. You want to learn how to tune up a, an old car or something like that, I mean, get on YouTube and, uh, and, and have somebody that's an expert at it show you how. And, yeah, just about uh, any time so, I have to fix anything, anything I have to do with my hands, I almost always go to to YouTube to find right. it out. But I always look things up. I mean, th there's always the, I have this problem that my freezer door kept popping open. I'm like, why does that happen? You know, you go to Google and it's like, oh, it's because when you close your refrigerator door, it causes an air bubble and it's pushing your freezer door open. It's like, so now we know every time I close the refrigerator, I have to close the freezer. And it's that little bit of embedded human knowledge that's gone into the internet that's available to all of us that lets us yeah, solve you got, problems so you much. You've got an expert at hand at all times on everything. Yeah, on every subject. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's what Max Deutsch has. That's what we all have. So, I, you know, I think the answer is what other people, with people living in other eras, they would be able to, to do remarkable things with their lists back in those days. But you can't learn the things that he's learning back in those days because, you know, the information just wasn't available and it wasn't as readily available. We can learn a well, lot faster now because we have we have resources that just couldn't exist in previous eras. Well, so I think we're, the we're in a much better position. Raised, yeah, the generation that raised us, Phil, there is a hard line between their, their student years and their career years. Mm -hmm. And the thing is this, that uh, once, you, you know, once you've uh, finished college, you, you stop being a student and you enter the workforce the, you know, you're, you, and you, you know, of course, when you enter the workforce, you, you spend a year or so, you know, learning the ins and outs of that job. But once you have it, you have it. Right. And if you're ignorant of something back in those days, well, that was just a permanent condition. You didn't have time in your life. If, if you were interested in something, uh, there, there were always those who made time for it if they wanted to. But by and large, people, uh, if, if, you were, if you were ignorant of something, that's just the way it stayed. You continued working in whatever field it was you were trained to do, and you pretty much stuck with in that area. Nowadays, people are, can, are, at least they can be, they choose to be, lifelong students. And this guy is, is a great example of that. And I think yeah. he's doing it as kind of a trick or a stunt, but I actually think this kind of adaptability to new skill sets and new information is probably an evolutionary 
developmental optima for us as a species, that we probably want to start moving along these lines. Because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we just got so many possibilities closer to us than than used to be. Well, what is what does uh, you know being able to complete one continuous set of 40 pull-ups have to do with that? Nothing except for the fact that it helps you to bridge the gap between what you can't do and what you can do, right? It helps you to bridge that gap between what's imagined in your mind and what can actually be accomplished. And the great example to me of this one is the one we haven't really spent any time on is build a self-driving car. Now, he did not actually build a car, but what he did do is he wrote all the software you need to make a self-driving car work. And you've got to read how he ordered the structure of getting that knowledge into his head. It's really an interesting set of blog posts that he wrote about that, simply of saying, well, here's kind of the top-level domain. Here's what, here's what that rests on. Here's what that rests on. And coming to this good enough understanding right, of each one of those layers to be able to actually accomplish something like that in such a, in such a short period of time. When you can marshal the resources that are available – in new ways. First off, when you can use them to do things quickly, that's great. But when you can marshal them to solve problems so far outside of the domain of just even an individual human being leading up to this point, I mean, it's been teams of people writing those kinds of software programs, right? Now, one guy does it. I don't care how good of a background he had in computer science. That's an amazing accomplishment to get to that in, in 30 days. And I think that's a prototype for all of us. It's a prototype for what we can all do if we feel sufficiently motivated to do it and if we recognize that there's a different approach into knowledge and that we've got tremendous resources at our disposal. And you know what I think, I guess I'm really saying is, Stephen, we got to be geeks. There it is. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I, I think you ought to, you ought to uh, finish this off with uh, the Highland quote. It's awesome. Oh, you know what? I thank you so much for reminding me. I forgot about that, and I said it would be coming up there. Uh, this is Robert A. Heinlein. A human being should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hog, con a ship, design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts, build a wall, set a bone, comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiently, die gallantly. Specialization is for insects. And we're not insects, folks. We can, we, can, we can do a lot of different things. And the world has made it possible for us to take on a lot more challenges than we ever would have been able to before. So, you know what, We, Stephen, we can I, live much richer lives, can't we? I mean, much richer we, lives. Than, than I'm feeling possible. really inspired here. I think, you know, maybe not 12 months, but let's you and I each think about this. Let's pick one thing we're going to learn how to do in 30 days sometime next year. All right? I've always had an interest in calculus and, not, and have never gotten to that. You know, okay, so uh, maybe not, that. I, I wasn't saying you had yeah. to say right now, but let's, let's yeah. think about it. I'm, I'm, we'll, I'm, I'm going to consider that as potentially one of them. I think I'm, I'd like to learn calculus. Enjoy. All right. Well, perhaps, I, I don't know what mine will be. It will, not, it will not be sticking the backflip. I can tell you that much. But uh, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> but, uh, spoiler alert: uh, neither Phil nor I will do that. <laughs> we'll be sticking a backflip in 2018. It's not happening. <laughs> right. But uh, we'll but we'll come back to that. I tell you, what, we will uh, we'll check in with that. We'll make traction. that a Friday feature where we talk about our uh, our big plans to do something big in 30 days. But speaking of Friday features and speaking of being geeks, yeah. hey, let's geek out, Stephen. What do you got for us this week? 
Well, this this week I, w- I just wanted to point out uh, a particular YouTube channel. We talked a lot about YouTube lately. Seems like uh, yeah. Geek Zone, and that there's a Geek Zone that's Geek and then Zone, which as a separate word. And I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking okay. about Geek Zone. That's one word. One word. Yeah. One word. Okay. And uh, great YouTube channel. Um, and what this guy mostly talks about is mid- is um, uh, Middle Earth lore, basically, you know, Lord of the Rings type stuff, right? And and he'll get into he'll get he gets into the minutia, and I don't know what's so fascinating about this to me, Phil. And maybe it's just the fact that this universe, this fictional universe, is so fully realized by right. Tolkien that you can explore it for your entire life if you choose to do that. And and there are scholars who have. It's not some, it's not a way I would want to spend my life, but I find it fascinating. And and this this guy that that runs this channel is he has done a huge amount of study in this area in in, in that. And uh, but he manages to make it accessible to uh, you know you know he calls his channel Geek Zone, but you know really anybody uh, could find it interesting the way he the way this information is presented. And and uh, as you as you listen to those videos, you know it's it's almost like potato chips. I can't eat just one. I gotta I gotta listen to three or four at a time, right? And uh, you you begin to get an appreciation for um, you know little subtle things within the within the story that you didn't have before. I mean, right. uh, uh, and so anyway, I found it fascinating, and uh, that's just you know um, I, one I would recommend. Geek Zone. You want to geek out? Go to YouTube, search for Geek Zone. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm already yeah. as soon as we're done with this show, I've got to go. I've got to go watch this video about <laughs> who and what was Tom Bombadil. Yeah, well, I, I, I want to know the one on the one. The one on the um, what was the significance of the gift of uh, to Gimli? Remember Gimli asking the uh, uh, um, the Galadriel well, for, for Galadriel. Uh-huh. For, for for some hair and yep. uh, and the gi- the gift has a, a huge significance beyond what uh, they you know they're able to explain in the movie and uh, I, I, I was like oh man that's huge once once it was explained in that video so yeah I recommend that one too so and I'm seeing another one here what if Helm's Deep had fallen okay so it's like counterfactual alternate history within the Tolkien universe. Fascinating stuff. That, <laughs> exactly. Stephen, that is some good geek material. Let me just, yeah, let yeah, me just what, compliment what if, what you. If Gollum, uh, what if Gollum had been redeemed? How would it, how would it have played out? Oh, because, of course, of course evil, evil Gollum uh, saved the day, right? That's so right. Have, so there you go. How would it have played out? So, yeah. <laughs> how, would things have, how would things have worked out if, if Gollum had, had stayed good? I, I just want to say, Stephen, you know, you, you've, got your, you've got your board game thing, and that is very geeky. Downright nerdy, yeah. okay, and and I, I'm yeah. just I'm proud of you that you're you're just branching out into all kinds of geeky areas here. This is uh, this is great stuff. This is what this is why we have a geek out is is so we can share things like this. This is this is awesome stuff. So thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for letting us know and everybody check it out. The Geek Zone over on YouTube, great stuff. All right, well we're running a little late, but that's okay. It's been a fun week and we look forward to being with you all again next week. We're going to do three brand new shows then, and until next time, live to see it. <laughs>